Section 16 of State of the Union Addresses, 1829-1836. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Andrew Jackson, December 7th, 1835, Part 2. In any event, however, the principle involved in the new aspect which has been given to the controversy is so vitally important to the independent administration of the government that it can neither be surrendered nor compromitted without national degradation. I hope it is unnecessary for me to say that such a sacrifice will not be made through any agency of mine. The honor of my country shall never be stained by an apology from me for the statement of truth and the performance of duty. Nor can I give any explanation of my official acts except such as is due to integrity and justice and consistent with the principles on which our institutions have been framed. This determination will, I am confident, be approved by my constituents. I have indeed studied their character to but little purpose if the sum of twenty-five million francs will have the weight of a feather in the estimation of what appertains to their national independence, and if unhappily a different impression should at any time obtain in any quarter, they will, I am sure, rally round the government of their choice with alacrity and unanimity, and silence for ever the degrading imputation. Having thus frankly presented to you the circumstances which since the last session of Congress have occurred in this interesting and important matter, with the views of the executive in regard to them, it is at this time only necessary to add that whenever the advices now daily expected from our charge d'affaires shall have been received, they will be made the subject of a special communication. The condition of the public finances was never more flattering than at the present period. Since my last annual communication, all the remains of the public debt have been redeemed, or money has been placed in deposit for this purpose whenever the creditors choose to receive it. All the other pecuniary engagements of the government have been honorably and promptly fulfilled, and there will be a balance in the Treasury at the close of the year of about $19 million. It is believed that after meeting all outstanding and unexpended appropriations, there will remain near $11 million to be applied to any new objects which Congress may designate or to the more rapid execution of the works already in progress in aid of these objects and to satisfy the current expenditures of the ensuing year it is estimated that there will be received from various sources twenty million dollars more in eighteen thirty six should congress make new appropriations in conformity with the estimates which will be submitted from the proper departments amounting to about twenty four million dollars still the available surplus at the close of the next year after deducting all unexpended appropriations will probably not be less than six million dollars 
this sum can in my judgment be now usefully applied to proposed improvements in our navy yards and to new national works which are not enumerated in the present estimates or to the more rapid completion of those already begun either would be constitutional and useful and would render unnecessary any attempt in our present peculiar condition to divide the surplus revenue or to reduce it any faster than will be effected by the existing laws in any event as the annual report from the secretary of the treasury will enter into details showing the probability of some decrease in the revenue during the next seven years and a very considerable deduction in eighteen forty two it is not recommended that congress should undertake to modify the present tariff so as to disturb the principles on which the compromise act was passed taxation on some of the articles of general consumption which are not in competition with our own productions may be no doubt so diminished as to lessen to some extent the source of this revenue and the same object can also be assisted by more liberal provisions for the subjects of public defence which in the present state of our prosperity and wealth may be expected to engage your attention if however after satisfying all the demands which can arise from these sources the unexpended balance in the treasury should still continue to increase it would be better to bear with the evil until the great changes contemplated in our tariff laws have occurred and shall enable us to revise the system with that care and circumspection which are due to so delicate and important a subject it is certainly our duty to diminish as far as we can the burdens of taxation and to regard all the restrictions which are imposed on the trade and navigation of our citizens as evils which we shall mitigate whenever we are not prevented by the adverse legislation and policy of foreign nations or those primary duties which the defence and independence of our country enjoin upon us that we have accomplished much toward the relief of our citizens by the changes which have accompanied the payment of the public debt and the adoption of the present revenue laws is manifest from the fact that compared to eighteen thirty three there is a diminution of near twenty five million dollars in the last two years and that our expenditures independently of those for the public debt have been reduced near nine million dollars during the same period let us trust that by the continued observance of economy and by harmonizing the great interests of agriculture manufactures and commerce much more may be accomplished to diminish the burdens of government and to increase still further the enterprise and the patriotic affection of all classes of our citizens and all the members of our happy confederacy as the data which the secretary of the treasury will lay before you in regard to our financial resources are full and extended and will afford a safe guide in your future calculations i think it unnecessary to offer any further observations on that subject here among the evidences of the increasing prosperity of the country not the least gratifying is that afforded by the receipts from the sales of the public lands which amount in the present year to the unexpected sum of eleven million dollars 
this circumstance attests the rapidity with which agriculture the first and most important occupation of man advances and contributes to the wealth and power of our extended territory being still of the opinion that it is our best policy as far as we can consistently with the obligations under which those lands were ceded to the united states to promote their speedy settlement i beg leave to call the attention of the present congress to the suggestions i have offered respecting it in my former messages the extraordinary receipts from the sales of the public lands invite you to consider what improvements the land system and particularly the condition of the general land office may require at the time this institution was organized near a quarter century ago it would probably have been thought extravagant to anticipate for this period such an addition to its business as has been produced by the vast increase of those sales during the past and present years it may also be observed that since the year eighteen twelve the land offices and surveying districts have been greatly multiplied and that numerous legislative enactments from year to year since that time have imposed a great amount of new and additional duties upon that office while the want of a timely application of force commensurate with the care and labor required has caused the increasing embarrassment of accumulated arrears in the different branches of the establishment these impediments to the expedition of much duty in the general land office induce me to submit to your judgment whether some modification of the laws relating to its organization or an organization of a new character be not called for at the present juncture to enable the office to accomplish all the ends of its institution with a greater degree of facility and promptitude than experience has proved to be practicable under existing regulations the variety of the concerns and the magnitude and complexity of the details occupying and dividing the attention of the commissioner appear to render it difficult if not impracticable for that officer by any possible assiduity to bestow on all the multifarious subjects upon which he is called to act the ready and careful attention due to their respective importance unless the legislature shall assist him by a law providing or enabling him to provide for a more regular and economical distribution of labor with the incident responsibility among those employed under his direction the mere manual operation of affixing his signature to the vast number of documents issuing from his office subtracts so largely from the time and attention claimed by the weighty and complicated subjects daily accumulating in that branch of the public service as to indicate the strong necessity of revising the organic law of the establishment it will be easy for congress hereafter to proportion the expenditure on account of this branch of the service to its real wants by abolishing from time to time the offices which can be dispensed with the extinction of the public debt having taken place there is no longer any use for the offices of commissioners of loans and of the sinking fund i recommend therefore that they be abolished and that proper measures be taken for the transfer to the treasury department of any funds books and papers 
connected with the operations of those offices and that the proper power be given to that department for closing finally any portion of their business which may remain to be settled it is also incumbent on congress in guarding the pecuniary interests of the country to discontinue by such a law as was passed in eighteen twelve the receipt of the bills of the bank of the united states in payment of the public revenue and to provide for the designation of an agent whose duty it shall be to take charge of the books and stock of the united states in that institution and to close all connection with it after the third of march eighteen thirty three when its charter expires in making provision in regard to the disposition of this stock it will be essential to define clearly and strictly the duties and powers of the officer charged with that branch of the public service it will be seen from the correspondence which the secretary of the treasury will lay before you that notwithstanding the large amount of the stock which the united states hold in that institution no information has yet been communicated which will enable the government to anticipate when it can receive any dividends or derive any benefit from it connected with the condition of the finances and the flourishing state of the country in all its branches of industry it is pleasing to witness the advantages which have been already derived from the recent laws regulating the value of the gold coinage these advantages will be more apparent in the course of the next year when the branch mints authorized to be established in north carolina georgia and louisiana shall have gone into operation aided as it is hoped they will be by further reforms in the banking systems of the states and by judicious regulations on the part of congress in relation to the custody of the public monies it may be confidently anticipated that the use of gold and silver as circulating medium will become general in the ordinary transactions connected with the labor of the country the great desideratum in modern times is an efficient check upon the power of banks preventing that excessive issue of paper whence arise those fluctuations in the standard of value which render uncertain the rewards of labor it was supposed by those who established the bank of the united states that from the credit given to it by the custody of the public monies and other privileges and the precautions taken to guard against the evils which the country had suffered in the bankruptcy of many of the state institutions of that period we should derive from that institution all the security and benefits of a sound currency and every good end that was attainable under the provision of the constitution which authorizes congress alone to coin money and regulate the value thereof but it is scarcely necessary now to say that these anticipations have not been realized after the extensive embarrassment and distress recently produced by the bank of the united states from which the country is now recovering aggravated as they were by pretensions to power which defied the public authority and which if acquiesced in by the people would have changed the whole character of our government every candid and intelligent individual must admit that for the attainment of the great advantages of a sound currency we must look to a course of legislation radically different from that which created such an institution 
in considering the means of obtaining so important an end we must set aside all calculations of temporary convenience and be influenced by those only which are in harmony with the true character and the permanent interests of the republic we must recur to first principles and see what it is that has prevented the legislation of congress and the states on the subject of currency from satisfying the public expectation and realizing results corresponding to those which have attended the action of our system when truly consistent with the great principle of equality upon which it rests and with that spirit of forbearance and mutual concession and generous patriotism which was originally and must ever continue to be the vital element of our union on this subject i am sure that i cannot be mistaken in ascribing our want of success to the undue countenance which has been afforded to the spirit of monopoly all the serious dangers which our system has yet encountered may be traced to the resort to implied powers and the use of corporations clothed with privileges the effect of which is to advance the interests of the few at the expense of the many we have felt but one class of these dangers exhibited in the contest waged by the bank of the united states against the government for the last four years happily they have been obviated for the present by the indignant resistance of the people but we should recollect that the principle whence they sprung is an ever active one which will not fail to renew its efforts in the same and in other forms so long as there is a hope of success founded either on the inattention of the people or the treachery of their representatives to the subtle progress of its influence the bank is in fact but one of the fruits of a system at war with the genius of all our institutions a system founded upon a political creed the fundamental principle of which is a distrust of the popular will as a safe regulator of political power and whose great ultimate object and inevitable result should it prevail is the consolidation of all power in our system in one central government lavish public disbursements and corporations with exclusive privileges would be its substitutes for the original and as yet sound checks and balances of the constitution the means by whose silent and secret operation a control would be exercised by the few over the political conduct of the many by first acquiring that control over the labor and earnings of the great body of the people wherever this spirit has effected an alliance with political power tyranny and despotism have been the fruit if it is ever used for the ends of government it has to be incessantly watched or it corrupts the sources of the public virtue and agitates the country with questions unfavorable to the harmonious and steady pursuit of its true interests we are now to see whether in the present favorable condition of the country we cannot take an effectual stand against the spirit of monopoly and practically prove in respect to the currency as well as other important interests that there is no necessity for so extensive a resort to it as that which has been heretofore practised the experience of another year has confirmed the utter fallacy of the idea that the bank of the united states was necessary as a fiscal agent of the government 
without its aid as such indeed in despite of all the embarrassment it was in its power to create the revenue has been paid with punctuality by our citizens the business of exchange both foreign and domestic has been conducted with convenience and the circulating medium has been greatly improved by the use of the state banks which do not derive their charters from the general government and are not controlled by its authority it is ascertained that the monies of the united states can be collected and dispersed without loss or inconvenience and that all the wants of the community in relation to exchange and currency are supplied as well as they have ever been before if under circumstances the most unfavorable to the steadiness of the money market it has been found that the considerations on which the bank of the united states rested its claims to the public favor were imaginary and groundless it cannot be doubted that the experience of the future will be more decisive against them it has been seen that without the agency of a great moneyed monopoly the revenue can be collected and conveniently and safely applied to all the purposes of the public expenditure it is also ascertained that instead of being necessarily made to promote the evils of an unchecked paper system the management of the revenue can be made auxiliary to the reform which the legislatures of several of the states have already commenced in regard to the suppression of small bills and which has only to be fostered by proper regulations on the part of congress to secure a practical return to the extent required for the security of the currency to the constitutional medium severed from the government as political engines and not susceptible of dangerous extension and combination the state banks will not be tempted nor will they have the power which we have seen exercised to divert the public funds from the legitimate purposes of the government the collection and custody of the revenue being on the contrary a source of credit to them will increase the security which the states provide for a faithful execution of their trusts by multiplying the scrutinies to which their operations and accounts will be subjected thus disposed as well from interest as the obligations of their charters it cannot be doubted that such conditions as congress may see fit to adopt respecting the deposits in these institutions with a view to the gradual disuse of the small bills will be cheerfully complied with and that we shall soon gain in place of the bank of the united states a practical reform in the whole paper system of the country if by this policy we can ultimately witness the suppression of all bank bills below twenty dollars it is apparent that gold and silver will take their place and become the principal circulating medium in the common business of the farmers and mechanics of the country the attainment of such a result will form an era in the history of our country which will be dwelt upon with delight by every true friend of its liberty and independence it will lighten the great tax which our paper system has so long collected from the earnings of labor and do more to revive and perpetuate those habits of economy and simplicity which are so congenial to the character of republicans than all the legislation which has yet been attempted to this subject i feel that i cannot too earnestly invite the special attention of congress without the exercise of whose authority the opportunity to accomplish so much public good must 
pass unimproved deeply impressed with its vital importance the executive has taken all the steps within his constitutional power to guard the public revenue and defeat the expectation which the bank of the united states indulged of renewing and perpetuating its monopoly on the ground of its necessity as a fiscal agent and as affording a sounder currency than could be obtained without such an institution in the performance of this duty much responsibility was incurred which would have been gladly avoided if the stake which the public had in the question could have been otherwise preserved although clothed with the legal authority and supported by precedent i was aware that there was in the act of the removal of the deposits a liability to excite that sensitiveness to executive power which it is characteristic and the duty of free men to indulge but i relied on this feeling also directed by patriotism and intelligence to vindicate the conduct which in the end would appear to have been called for by the interests of my country the apprehensions natural to this feeling that there may have been a desire through the instrumentality of that measure to extend the executive influence or that it may have been prompted by motives not sufficiently free from ambition were not overlooked under the operation of our institutions the public servant who is called on to take a step of high responsibility should feel in the freedom which gives rise to such apprehensions his highest security when unfounded the attention which they arouse and the discussions they excite deprive those who indulge them of the power to do harm when just they but hasten the certainty with which the great body of our citizens never fail to repel an attempt to procure the sanction to any exercise of power inconsistent with the jealous maintenance of their rights under such convictions and entertaining no doubt that my constitutional obligations demanded the steps which were taken in reference to the removal of the deposits it was impossible for me to be deterred from the path of duty by a fear that my motives could be misjudged or that political prejudices could defeat the just consideration of the merits of my conduct the result has shown how safe is this reliance upon the patriotic temper and enlightened discernment of the people that measure has now been before them and has stood the test of all the severe analysis which its general importance the interests it affected and the apprehensions it excited were calculated to produce and it now remains for congress to consider what legislation has become necessary in consequence i need only add to what i have on former occasions said on this subject generally that in the regulations which congress may prescribe respecting the custody of the public monies it is desirable that as little discretion as may be deemed consistent with their safekeeping should be given to the executive agents no one can be more deeply impressed than i am with the soundness of the doctrine which restrains and limits by specific provisions executive discretion as far as it can be done consistently with the preservation of its constitutional character in respect to the control over the public money this doctrine is peculiarly applicable and is in harmony with the great principle which i felt i was sustaining in the controversy with the bank of the united states which has resulted in severing to some extent a dangerous connection between a moneyed and political power 
the duty of the legislature to define by clear and positive enactments the nature and extent of the action which it belongs to the executive to superintend springs out of a policy analogous to that which enjoins upon all branches of the federal government an abstinence from the exercise of powers not clearly granted in such a government possessing only limited and specific powers the spirit of its general administration cannot be wise or just when it opposes the reference of all doubtful points to the great source of authority the states and the people whose number and diversified relations securing them against the influences and excitements which may mislead their agents make them the safest depository of power in its application to the executive with reference to the legislative branch of the government the same rule of action should make the president ever anxious to avoid the exercise of any discretionary authority which can be regulated by congress the biases which may operate upon him will not be so likely to extend to the representatives of the people in that body in my former messages to congress i have repeatedly urged the propriety of lessening the discretionary authority lodged in the various departments but it has produced no effect as yet except the discontinuance of extra allowances in the army and navy and the substitution of fixed salaries in the latter it is believed that the same principles could be advantageously applied in all cases and would promote the efficiency and economy of the public service at the same time that greater satisfaction and more equal justice would be secured to the public officers generally the accompanying report of the secretary of war will put you in possession of the operations of the department confided to his care in all its diversified relations during the past year i am gratified in being able to inform you that no occurrence has required any movement of the military force except such as is common to a state of peace the services of the army have been limited to their usual duties at the various garrisons upon the atlantic and inland frontier with the exceptions stated by the secretary of war our small military establishment appears to be adequate to the purposes for which it is maintained and it forms a nucleus around which any additional force may be collected should the public exigencies unfortunately require any increase of our military means End of section sixteen